We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. And sadly, the Chicago Bears are 0-2. They are coming off another loss, this time in Week 2, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they watched Baker Mayfield carve them up and really couldn't move the ball against the Buccaneers defense. Um, yeah. And it's doom and gloom here in Chicago and up next for the bears is a tough, tough, tough road game at Arrowhead stadium. They're already 13 and a half point underdogs. So it's not looking good for the bears to move to one and two. I'm your host, Zach Pearson. I'm joined as always by my co-host Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, I think I pretty much said it in the intro. I, I you know, I can't remember a season with so much um, anticipation expectations that has gone downhill so quickly um, than this season here in 2023. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely not 2019 uh, where I think a lot of us expected the bears to have like, you know, Super Bowl aspirations or at least get in the playoffs and win a playoff game. But man, this is, it's a big letdown so far. I mean, there's just really no other way to put it. I, I think when you, you know, if you scripted, you know, multiple bad ways that the, the Bears season could start off, um, this would be probably one of the worst case scenarios. I mean, you're talking about a team that has the worst point differential in the entire NFL right now. I mean, you're talking about a defense that has given up, I think, either it's either the first, you know, the most points or the second most points, uh, you know, in the NFL. And I mean, Justin Fields has taken a step back. This offense has taken a step back. The defense is just as bad, if not worse, than it was a year ago. Um, I, I, you know, as as negative as that sounds, I don't know that there's a lot of positives to take from it. And, you know, I, I think one of the big things last year that, you know, we we're all kind of ha- able to hang on to was it's year one of a, you know, complete teardown and rebuild. But, you know, they had obviously, you know, we knew that they were going to have a full allotment of draft picks. We knew that they were going to have a lot of cap space and they go out and they spend that cap space. You know, they they draft, you know, in terms of like, you know, not trading away picks and everything else. I mean, they draft relatively well. And yet here we are looking at a team that, 
by all accounts through the first two games of the season is worse than what we saw for the majority of last year when they had the number one overall pick. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those situations where, you know, you, you just hire a new regime. You're two games into year two of a new regime and you're already looking at this thinking, okay, you know, for sure with the coaching staff, it's like, are these guys going to be around 15 games? I mean, it's, I think that that's at least a fair point to start off with. And obviously again, I mean, we had assumed, and hoped that Justin Fields is going to take the next step and that they kind of have the quarterback situation figured out. And then here we are with a lot of doubts on that front as well. I mean, I just, this has gone about as well or as well as bad as, is you know, a worst case scenario could have gone so far. And it's just, I don't, I don't see any improvement coming anytime soon, especially this week against the chiefs. You know, last week, I think everyone agreed, you know, everyone that was in the building at house hall, kind of had the sense that like it was just something was off you know they lost a, you know let, let's be real they, they got their butts whooped by the Packers in a game that they were hyping up so much that it's it's time to you know add a new chapter to the rivalry they're sick and get sick of getting their butts kicked to Green Bay Aaron Rodgers is gone and it just felt like that completely took the wind out of them you know then you have Alan Williams um, you know leaving for a personal matter you have Nate Davis dealing with a personal matter I think this week at House Hall is be very interesting to kind of see the vibe. I, you know, I don't want to say this team is dead in the water um, just yet. I, I think a lot of us expect them to lose to Kansas City. I think they will lose to Kansas City um, now that they have Chris Jones and, and Travis Kelsey back. I guess the only saving grace for them is like, you know, the way that they can look at it as football players is it's only two weeks. They're 0-2. No matter what happens this week, the worst they could be down is is – what two games in the division um, <clears throat> and it's a bad division. So I guess that's like the positive, but I said in our, our post game podcast on Sunday, you know, I asked the question, what does this team do well? And the only answer I can really come up with is, is pretty much special teams. You take away that long return that green Bay had in week one and special teams has been the only unit that's actually done pretty well for them. Um, and you know, that's, Cairo Santos hitting a 53-yard field goal. That's, um, you know, I thought Tyler Scott was pretty good on kick returns. They had a blocked field goal. You know, I saw Jalen Jones and make some tackles in week two and one. Josh Blackwell made some tackles in week one. Other than that, man, they just, they're just a football team that does, does not do anything good. And, and like you said, I think now you're going to start seeing, I mean, we've already seen it. The, the conversation's already turning to, Justin Fields is likely not the quarterback of the future. What is Matt Eberflus doing? What is Luke Getze doing? What are the Bears doing in the front office? Are they going to have two top five picks? Are they going to have the number one overall pick? And, you know, there's a lot of football to be played. They, they do, you know, as bad as the Bears have looked, they have games against Arizona and Minnesota, Carolina on their, on, on their schedule still. But still, I mean, I just there's just no positives to take away from this at all. Well, I've watched a lot of football these first two weeks of the season, and I can tell you right now with confidence, I mean, the Bears may not be the absolute worst team, but they're definitely in the mix right now. I mean, there's just – I mean, there's just been – they've been playing a lot of bad football, and it's been an uncharacteristic start to the season. I mean, the Bengals are somehow 0-2. I mean, there's just a lot of different, you know, different weird, weird things going on. The Chargers are 0-2, you know, so it's like it – I don't know, man. It's just one of those things, like you said, what do they do right? And there's just not a whole lot that they do right at all. And I think the thing that concerns me the most is that last year when we watched this team, 
like, yeah, I mean, they were, they were obviously devoid of talent, um, but it felt like they were a reasonably well-coached team. Uh, they, there weren't a lot of, you know, dumb penalties. Um, you know, obviously they were finding ways to lose games, but that seemed more like a talent issue and a lack of experience issue than it did, you know, like legitimate mistakes to be concerned about. And it feels like all of those good vibes, the, you know, the try-hard team, the you know, all this stuff has just kind of gone out the window in these first two weeks. And it's, I, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, obviously you've been at Hallis Hall and then obviously, you know, the, the, the stuff with, with Alan Williams stepping away from the team, we have absolutely no idea what's going on there. And then obviously the stuff with Nate Davis, that's been kind of, you know, tracking since, you know, OTAs and minicamp and stuff like that. And, you know, hopefully, is is morbid as it sounds and i don't want it to but hopefully now that his family member has passed that will bring him some some closure to the situation man i went through something you know similar a few years ago um where drug out about nine months and it's a very difficult situation to deal with but once they pass you can finally kind of accept the thing that you've been dreading and you can kind of you know basically find closure and move on so i'm hoping for his sake and his family's sake that, that 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 can be a thing but it's like, it's not just the bad play, man. It's, it's, it's those things that are going on behind the scenes. That obviously have nothing to do with football, but are obviously going to also play a role in the locker room. And then you have the fact that you have, you know, multiple injuries, you know, you, you have obviously Tevin Jenkins that went out, Kyler Gordon. Uh, we have, you know, as we're recording this, we have no idea what's going on with Eddie Jackson. Like there are a lot of different just basically everything that can go wrong has gone wrong lately. I guess, you know, like, I mean, I guess not everything, but you get the point. I mean, it's just, there's, it's, it's one of those things where I, I don't think many objective fans expected this team to be like a serious playoff contender. Like, I don't think many people expected this team to win 10 plus games. Like I, I think we all kind of talked about at the beginning of the season or, you know, beginning of training camp, like, it wouldn't be shocking if the Bears somehow won the division. And like you pointed out, I mean, there's two one and one teams and there's two oh and two teams in the division. And it's like Detroit's defense is still hot garbage. Um, Minnesota's, you know, one score, you know, one score game regression is hitting them as, as hard as it should. I mean, it's it's just, you know, kind of had the law of averages. And then, you know, with Green Bay, it's like I, I think they're definitely a better team than maybe I thought they were uh, a few months back, but you know, it's like you look at Jordan Love's like his his numbers and they look good, but when you actually look at what they're asking him to do, it's not a whole lot. You know, he's not really throwing the ball down the field a lot. Like they're basically playing as conservatively as possible and having him throw when they need him to throw. And that's not a knock. I mean, it's a it's a smart it's a smart approach, but there's no world beater of a team right now. And as we've seen, even with you know Kansas City, you know, week one obviously didn't have a great showing. Week two, they weren't great either, but they pulled out the win. Um, so it's not like Detroit was facing the Super Bowl winning caliber team that we'll see the Chiefs turn into over the next, you know, six, seven weeks of the season when they start heating it up later on. So, I mean, this is not a good division, but at the same time, historically speaking, for teams that start off 0-3, the chances of making the playoffs or even making a run at the playoffs uh, shrink pretty drastically. So, like you said, I mean, worst case, they're two games back. I mean, you I guess technically could be three, depending on how you look at it in terms of like, you know, the conference and division record and stuff like that. But I mean, at this point in time, I mean, just like even talking about a glimpse of maybe having a chance in a bad division seems laughable because of how bad that they've been. Um, 
it's just I, I don't know, man. It's one of those things where obviously overreactions in the beginning of the season are are usually just that. But at the same time, I it just kind of feels like, like you you watch a team like the Arizona Cardinals, for example, right, where everybody in the world knows that this team is tanking. Maybe the players are not tanking, but you know damn well the front office is tanking, and you know it's kind of a situation like the Bears last year, and yet through two games, Arizona has been had considerably more fight than the Bears. They've looked considerably better than the Bears. I mean, they were they were up, what was it, like 20, 28 to 7 on the... Should have won that game. Really yeah, should have won that yeah, game. Yeah, should have. And frankly, you could have made an argument that they could have won week one as well. So it's like, yeah, you compare that to what the Bears have done, and it's just... It's just it's disappointing. It's not to say that things can't change. I mean, we, we saw the same thing last year with the Detroit Lions, where everybody had higher expectations for the Lions. They come in, they started off what was it like one to five, one and six. They fire their defensive backs coach, and then all of a sudden they won on that run. They go nine and eight. They barely miss the playoffs, and obviously everything changes from there. And I'm not saying that it can't happen, but it just this just feels like another lost season and it's really unfortunate because we're going into week three and I don't know about you I mean even this last weekend I I didn't really have any excitement for the game there wasn't really a big intrigue for the game because it's just like you're just expecting them to be the letdown that they've continued to be over the last you know for the better part of 10 or 15 years from now it's just disappointing and that's pretty much what it's going to be this week I mean honestly you know going into this Kansas City game it's it it it's gonna get ugly, man. I mean, we we saw what Patrick Mahomes did back in what twenty was it twenty nine end of twenty nineteen. Um, yeah, it was it was Trubisky's third year basically when we realized that he wasn't the guy, and then we saw him yes. go up against Patrick Mahomes on Sunday Night Football. I was actually uh, at a at a like a giant sports bar uh, waiting to go to the airport the next morning to fly out to come come see my parents here in Texas before I moved out here. Yeah. It was Sunday night football is extremely embarrassing. Yeah. I, I remember it was right, right before Christmas. I, I was sick, so I didn't get to go to the game. And I just remember like, yeah, I'm going to fall asleep in this game because it, it is terrible. But I remember, you know, Mahomes counting on his fingers and you know, counting his fingers on his hands and, you know, how many picks or whatever he was doing. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be another ugly one. Um, you know, for me, I'm I'm actually going to this game to cover it. So I, I'm I want to get to Arrowhead. It's a stadium I've always wanted to go to. So I'm going to be excited about the atmosphere. I think it's just going to get ugly early, man. I, I feel like this is going to be a game that the Bears are not going to be in. Um, you know, and even let's say the Bears go back to Justin Fields' strengths and and he plays well. Are you trusting your 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 defense to hold Kansas City to under thirty points? I I don't think that's going to happen. It's 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 going to be a struggle, man. And you know, well, the Bears the Bears have one sack on the year, and the Chiefs have given should up have three. Sack. Should yeah, have they had should three, have three. Yeah. But that, but you get my point. I mean, the oh, Chiefs yeah. have given up one sack, and the Bears have one sack. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback on planet Earth right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just it's kind of hard to see how this is going to go in the Bears' favor remotely. Yeah, it's it's it have to be one of those crazy games where Mahomes is just completely off. The Bears get some crazy lucky bounces. There's a bunch of you know special teams plays that they roll out, and Fields plays out of his mind. And I don't see that happening. Um, speaking of that game, though, let's get more on that game um, from a player that played in the NFL, Joe Valerio, who works for the Believe in Network. He uh, does a podcast for the Chiefs site. There, um, you know, he played in Kansas City. He was a second round pick. 
back in the 1991 NFL draft by the Kansas City Chiefs, and he gives us some insight on what to expect this week, how's, how it's going in Kansas City so far, his playing time and all that good stuff. We'll be right back after this to kind of wrap things up and give our predictions. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is former NFL offensive lineman, also now podcaster for the Believe in Chiefs podcast, Joe Valerio. He's here to talk to us about the Kansas City Chiefs, the upcoming matchup with the Chicago Bears, and maybe some stories about his NFL playing career. So first off, Joe, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. How, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Zach, Aaron. Nice to be with you all. Um, you know, I'm just happy the season has started. I uh, love the NFL season, the fall, and the leaves are falling, and the chills in the air, and we're ready for some football. So it's uh, it's exciting time. You know, it's going to be an interesting year for the Chiefs. I mean, September is always a wild month now that there's no training camp, so you never know what product you're going to see out there. So I've seen teams turn it around that look, you know, didn't look very good because you know September is the new preseason, as I like to say. Yeah, it's definitely different, um, you know, these days with training camp and preseason. Um, and it's very interesting to see teams, you know, maybe get off to a slow start. But in Kansas City, they lost the opener to, to the Lions. No Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. It seemed like last week they played a lot better. What were kind of the um, the vibes or the talking points around this team? You know, they're really good. They're really talented. Was there any panic after week one or did that kind of just all ease after the week two win? That's a great question, Zach. I, you know, I think the thing that's been the most interesting is watching the turn uh, of the sentiment of the Chiefs fans once Chris Jones got back and they saw how dominant he is. I, th- there was a lot of people coming out of that game against the Lions, which you know was obviously disappointing. I, th- I think the Chiefs felt like they should have won that game going into it, right? I mean, it's just on paper, right? I mean, even though the Lions are upstart, up and coming, you know, I think they're fantastic. I love their coach, everything about them. But, you know, there was, there was, um, you know, there was still a sentiment that, that they were going to win that game. But, but there was also a little bit of salary on Chris Jones. I think a lot of people expected him to be in for the first game, like I think a lot of people knew he was going to hold out of most of camp. I mean, just trying to get that deal done. But I thought, everybody felt like he should have been back for the first game, right? It's a big game. You know, Lions are a possible playoff team, you know, and just they're kind of a team on the rise. And it really would have been nice if they had him. And then 
there was this like after that game and the defense actually played okay against a pretty, you know, which now that we've seen the second game for the Lions, right, uh, we, we know that they can score some points. They're like, well, we, we don't really need Chris Jones anyway. Like there was a little bit of a souring of an attitude against him saying, you know, he should have been here and maybe we don't even need him. And maybe the Chiefs organization is correct for not, you know, giving into that big deal. But after they saw what he did against the Jaguars, now he was like, he was the factor, I think, that really got, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence out of his game. Uh, now they're like, oh, well, of course, Chris Jones, you know, MVP, you know, dip defensive player of the year, all pro, like they're happy to have him. So anyway, that was a long answer to a short question. I, I think coming out of the Lions game, it was obviously great to see Travis back out on the field, which I still don't think he's 100%. He doesn't, he didn't look 100% against the Jags um, and, and to have Chris Jones. So I think things are turning, but I think what could give Chicago Bears fans hope in this game. I mean, look, I know on paper, right? The, the Bears are, are struggling a little bit offensively, defensively, right? They've let up a lot of sacks. They haven't gotten any sacks, or they've got one, I think, in the last two games. I, you know, what what gives what would give me hope if I were a Bears fan is the Jaguars were now while they're you know while they also are a playoff team, they were only a couple of plays, maybe even. I could even say this. They were only a couple of inches away from that game being really close. When you think about some of the passes that Trevor Lawrence didn't hit on that maybe he, you know, he throws them a couple inches closer to the sideline and those receivers make some of those catches. Um, And then it's a different game. So, you know, I think, and and the chiefs defense is a bend don't break type defense. They, they, uh, they give up a lot of yards. They don't give up a lot of points, but they give up a lot of yards and, um, you know, you always have to be careful with that philosophy, right? When you're a bend, don't break. So, you know, look, it's, you know, I know it's the 12 and a half point, you know, underdog the Bears are, but, you know, you never know any given Sunday, especially in September when teams just aren't themselves. It's going to take, it takes two, three, sometimes even four games to really get your sea legs. Well, it makes sense. And I mean, it seems like a lot of the best teams, like you said, I mean, it, the beginning of the regular season has kind of turned into the new training camp and, and preseason for a lot of these teams. Now, I'm kind of curious on your perspective, because obviously, you know, you were drafted in 1991 and, you know, there's been a few CBAs since that point. Obviously, the way the contracts are negotiated are a very different thing. But I'm curious on your take of just the Chris Jones situation as a whole, because this is something that we're starting to see a lot more of. Uh, you know, what do you think about it? You know, how much of it has it changed since you were in the league? And, and I mean, ultimately, is it something that you're you, that you support? Is it something you're against? I mean, what are your feelings on it? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, listen, um, we live in a capitalist society. Um, There's a free market economy and players are going to demand and make what the market bears. So, you know, if you're if you espouse that philosophy at all and believe in capitalism, then you'd have to say, well, if as long as the money's there to make, players should be making it right. Whether it's 
10 million, 20 million, a billion, whatever that number is, fans continue to buy the merchandise. Teams continue to be valued at four, three, four, five billion dollars per franchise. That's just that's the market. And so I'm never going to begrudge it if, if you know, I, I always say the same thing. You know, I've been in the insurance industry since I retired from football, you know, back in 1997. And it's like, you know, if, if somebody wanted to pay me as a chief, I'm a chief operating officer of our company. Like if somebody wanted to pay me that amount of money and with the market bear, you know, would bear it, then I'm going to take it. Right. Cause I feel everybody feels like, you know, their value is there. And if the money's there based on the, 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 the income, then, then it's there for the players to be had. So, you know, I know that's a little bit of a soft answer. Um, you know, look, when I came into the league, Aaron, you know, we didn't even have free agency. So my, my rookie year was 1991. 1993 was when, you know, Reggie White and et al. Uh, sued the NFL and won, and won for unrestricted free agency. It was a plan B free agency program when I was in the league, which meant if you were a player who didn't get protected by your team, which they were basically telling you you weren't one of their top 47 guys, then you were eligible to go out. So like the free agent market was made up of the last six guys on everybody's roster, which is what kind of a free agent market is that? Right. So I think the NFL said, all right, we, you know, or the NFL PA said, you know, we've got to change this and, and let people who are, you know, the top of the, of the, of the league when they're, when they're not under contract have an opportunity to go out. Cause even if you were, if you were, even if you weren't under contract back then under plan B, you still weren't an unrestricted free agent. They still had the right to protect you against other teams coming in until you renegotiated your contract with them. So, you know, that opened up everything. And, and now, you know, you've got this, not to overuse the term, but you've got this free market economy. And if Chris Jones thinks he's worth it and the market bears it, then he's going to ask for it. Now, what it's done to the game, if you want my opinion, is I think it's really, it's really, really smushed and, and minimized the middle class, right? So, what, what I mean by that is if you just look at the caponomics of it, the way that the, the cap works, about, I would say about, in rough terms, 20% of your players are making 80% of the money, if I'm just using round terms. So, you know, for every $100 million of cap room or cap, you know, space or cap, you know, allowance that you have, you know, 20% of the players are making 80 million of that. So what do you do with the remaining 20%? Well, you got to spread it out amongst your team, right? And I think it's really diminished the amount of depth that's in the league, the quality of the of the players in the locker room that can back up some of these superstars. And you know, if you lose two or three key players, you could be in really big trouble in the NFL these days because because of that. You know, because you don't have the eight, nine, ten-year backup who's a career backup. He's fine making a certain amount of money. He's great in the locker room. He plays all the special teams, and then you know those those players are gone. Because once you get past your fourth year, now the 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 league minimum jumps so high that you know teams can't afford you unless you're a full-time starter. So it's just changed the dynamic of the league, and you know it's great for some players, but I think. What fans need to also remember is that, you know, 80% of the team is making 20% of the money. And and now you're talking about, you know, you look at these salaries of Chris Jones demanding $30 million a year. 
and you've got a two or three year backup making, you know, $750,000, right? It's just what, where is that? Where does that all fit in? Now, granted, that's a wonderful living. Don't get me wrong. People would love to make that kind of money to play football, but but I'm just talking about it in all in relative terms, right? To to the economics of, of the NFL, and you know, it's just it's it's it's. I think it's really hurt the 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 sort of the play on special teams. You don't have a lot of career special teamers. You know, sometimes you got to get starters out there because you don't have that career backup who's you know willing to do whatever it takes to stay on the squad. So you know, I just feel like. The NFL is a different, it's a different game from when I played and I've watched it evolve, you know, over the last 25, you know, 26 years since I retired, it's, it's, it's been a big change. So I don't know if that answered your question, but, you know, I think, um, I think that the dynamics of the league, you know, it, listen, if the players want, if they can get the money, then go ahead. You're putting your body on the line every day. It's a short career. What do we got? Three years, you know, average career. So most players don't even get to that fourth year where they can make that, you know, get off their rookie contract. So it's, um, you know, it's okay. I think if people want to look for that generational wealth based on, you know, their lim- the limited amount of people that can do what they do. When you look at this bears team, they're young, um, you know, coming off two losses, not very good right now. Uh, what are they getting into going into Arrowhead? One of the toughest places to play. I mean, what's the experience going to be like and how do they overcome that early on? Yeah, it's, it's a tough place to play. I mean, it's, it's, it hasn't changed since I was there. You know, my last year was 1996 and it's still as loud as ever. Um, if not louder, uh, you know, they, the people, the fans know how to cheer. They know when to cheer. They know why they're cheering. And, and they do everything they can to get quarterbacks and offensive line and, and wide receivers who are so far out that all they can basically do is look at the ball, right, for getting off on the snap count. I mean, forget about even hearing a quarterback when you're further than even the tight end box. Uh, and sometimes when you're at the tackle position, you can't even really hear the quarterback. So it's, it's really tough, you know, that you've got to come up with all these wacky snap count things and, and, and strategies to, to get off on, on the ball and try to you know get a little bit at least a little bit of a step on the defense right i mean it's it's a, it's a tough place and then you got guys like chris jones and george Karloftis bearing down on you who are getting jump they're getting the jump on that ball cuz they're used to just watching the ball you know the where offensive linemen are used to sort of listening for the snap count so it it does you know take you out of the moment for a little while when it gets that loud and the chief and the chiefs fans are great at not cheering when patrick mahomes has the ball and they're re- they're relatively quiet and, uh, you know, they'll cheer after the play, but they, they, they let Pat do his thing and they're not going to get in his way of the players hearing him on his snap count. Unless, of course, you're Jawan Taylor, who for some reason has gone off the rails as far as like the snap count and getting pretty jumpy uh, out there. But that's that's a whole nother conversation, something to work on. But but playing at Arrowhead is, is really tough. I, I've got great memories of playing at Soldier Field. Um, uh, I, when I played there, my, it was the last game um, that I played in as chief was was at at the old soldier field it was in a rainstorm in the preseason was our last preseason game and the lightning was so bad that they canceled the game in the third quarter and it was it was one of the only one of a very a handful of nfl games that have ever been canceled uh it was last preseason game starters weren't playing much anyway and the coaches just you know coach schottenheimer they got across the field and said you know what it's too dangerous. You know, this lightning's horrible. Let's, let's just walk off the field. And we ended the game during the middle of the third quarter. It was crazy. Uh, so 
it was pouring down rain and uh and lynn swan and uh and and the thursday night you know they were the monday night crew at the time announced how michaels they they announced that my wife and i were were expecting triplets so uh you know i'll never forget that night in chicago sitting on the airplane with my wife calling me and saying um what the heck just happened how did they know and uh, it's a long story i won't go into but no one in our entire family knew that we were even pregnant let alone having triplets and most wow. of my friends and family found out on a thursday night football game uh, based out of chicago so i remember sitting on that tarmac my wife calling me on on my then old cell phone it was like a big brick cell phone back in 1996 and she's like how did that happen so it's a long story about you know, Lynn Swan finding out from Al, Al Saunders, who was one of our coaches. So oh Chicago, Chicago always will hold a special place in my heart for sure. That's, that's just one of, I'm sure, many of stories that you have of just really. And that's that's the thing is trying to explain the, the certain fans that it's like you guys are human, too. And. And, you know, the access to information, especially that we have now, it, it, it's while it's great, it also takes away from, you know, some of the privacy that you guys have. And and I can't even imagine, especially not having told anybody, just have that break like that. And Man, that's that's wild. So I know with you being an offensive lineman, I, and this is something that's been a huge topic for the Bears for God knows how long now, because they've been awful in trenches, especially on the offensive line. But I, I want to get your perspective on the Chiefs offensive line rights, because and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I I saw a decent amount of the game, although I wasn't paying a lot of attention to the offensive line as a whole. But it sounded like Jawan Taylor got benched. Is that correct? For a few plays, yeah, for a series, uh, what, they took him out. He, you know, he'd gotten, you know, he'd gotten called for you know legal procedure. He had a holding call. He was just struggling, and yeah. and that happens sometimes. And and I don't fault Coach Reed and Andy Heck, obviously Chicago Bear there. Uh, offensive line coach who also has triplets, by the way, another little nugget <laughs> for, you know, your listeners. Uh, you know, I, I admired uh, Andy's career so much uh, as, a, as, a, as a colleague and as, as a player um, and then watching him coach this team. You know, you, you can't blame the those guys for, for giving him, pulling him out. Now the, the confidence builder was putting him back in, right? If they would have kept him out, they would have said, Hey, Juwan, you know, we spent a lot of money on you and now we've given up on you. Like that, that's not going to happen. I mean, John Taylor has, great skills he's he's experienced he's got great feet he's he's going to be just fine i think it's just him getting used to playing you know blocking for patrick mahomes um you know getting used to trying to figure out where patrick mahomes is going to be getting used to the this big playbook that andy reed puts in you know every year and builds on every year so he's going to be just fine so yeah they pulled him out aaron because i think he just needed that little bit of a timeout you know just like hey just get, take a breath it's going to be fine you know, if you're not jumping off sides and you're not getting penalties, it means you're not playing. So just relax. And I think it was just a, a quick little breather that he needed to just catch his breath. And he and he performed well, you know, after that. So this offensive line of the Chiefs, I mean, obviously in the interior three is solid. I mean, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith are three of, you know, the best interior guys, not just individually, but and then you throw them together as a unit. They're fantastic. Um, they complement each other very well. They fit this offense very well. You know where the Chiefs have had a little bit of the, a little bit of the round robin has been a tackle, you know, and wondering you know what this was going to be. And I think you know bringing on you know uh, you know some really good tackles this year in in free agency has been you know I think that was a, that was a 
that when we had to replace Orlando Brown Jr., I mean, that was something they had to do. And Andrew Wiley, you know, leaving and, and getting a big contract, you know, good for him. Uh, you know, they knew that they needed uh, they needed help at tackle because it's, it's a big position for Patrick because he doesn't he doesn't like pressure. Um, pressure forces him to, to do things and he wants to be able to step up in the pocket. He's a pa- he's a he's a passer. He's a he's a quarterback. You know, Patrick Mahomes is not he is not a running quarterback as athletic as he looks and the crazy things he does with the football. He's a drop back quarterback. So he wants his line to protect him and he wants to find the pocket within the pocket, you know, when it starts to either collapse or, you know, when, when guys, you know, do stunts and, or they bring pressure, like he, he's great at finding the pocket within the pocket, but he's always, he's always throw first and, and having a line that can protect him is, is important to him. So I, I know he was probably in Brett Veach's ear all off season saying, look, if we're not going to keep Orlando and, and Andrew Wiley's going to go somewhere, you know, we got to make sure we got, we have really good tackles out there to to do the to do their thing so that he can do his thing. So um it's a solid line. I I, I think I think they've um you know they're gonna need time like every line. I think they're gonna need time to you know to pull it together. I think you know Donovan Smith is uh you know he's he's been he's been you know pretty no one's really talked about him much other than the the pass that he caught uh in the last game. I don't know if you if you happen to catch that. I mean it, I think people were saying it was like a, it was like a glick, it was like a glick or a glitch in the matrix. Like, cause he just caught it and just stood there. Like, what do I do with this thing? Right. When Patrick Mahomes threw him that ball. Um, but he's been, he's been solid. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's just a matter of, of them, you know, meshing and coming together. What this team does on the interior and, and why I think they, they, they do when they do run the ball, they, they can run it well is, you know, Zone blocking is 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 what you have to do in the NFL these days, right? I mean, and that's something I think the the Bears have struggled with is they don't have a co- cohesion. They've they don't have a cohesive group that have played together for a long time. Whether it's injury or guys leaving or guys just not being good enough, like they've had a, some revolving doors. I mean, when you think about what offensive line play looks like today, it's all teamwork it's it's a it's a it's a group of five players that have to be in sync with each other like a machine and when you've got you know six foot four guys who are you know defensive tackles who are a biscuit away from 350 pounds and they're running four six forties how do you block that guy by yourself so everything has to be zoned everything has to be mesh everything has to be hips together 600 pounds a guy blocking that 350 pounds a guy so that you can get to the next level and block linebackers. And that's what, when I watch some of the bears, that's not, that's what's not happening. They're not meshing. They're not blocking linebackers with the defensive tackles, but right. That's what we always used to say, block the linebacker, get to the next level with the players, but so double team that guy to the linebacker, so that the timing works if the linebacker comes underneath, the guard can come off or the center can come off. If the linebacker flows over top, the guard can come off and pick them up. And then you've got that kind of a mesh of, of guys moving in sync. And that's just what the Bears don't have. And what all that is, guys, it's half the time it's not even the talent. It's the chemistry of playing together because all these guys are good. They're all big, right? They're all athletic. They're all NFL linemen. They just need to play together more. And, and I think that's been been one of the – sort of the downfalls of, of the Bears offensive line play. Yeah, they, they really just have not had any stability there with, you know, since Justin Fields has been the quarterback and, and, it, and it's hurt them. Um, 
looking back at your NFL career, you, you mentioned you, you've played against the Bears. Um, I believe it was 93 you played against the Bears. Um, and while they weren't, you know, the 85 Bears, they still had Richard Dent. They had Chris Sorich, um, Chris Armstrong, I believe, I, Mike Singletary. What do you remember about going up against, you know, those defenses and, and oh. how good were they? And, and did they kick your butts? Like, I mean, not maybe not like in the game, but like physically or anything Just, like that? Yeah, that, that was one thing you, you never – had to worry about, well, you had to worry about it, but something you never had to be, cons- you know, that, that was going to be a surprise was that, that the Chicago Bears were going to play tough football. I mean, the black and blue division had its name for a reason. And, you know, it was, and that's exactly what it was. I mean, we used to spend our time up in the cheese league um, back then in the nineties uh, in Wisconsin. And we would go and go from town to town and, and, and go on these road, shows during training camp and practice against the Vikings. The Bears were in Platt uh, in, in Wisconsin. The, the, uh, the Packers were, at, uh, were in, I forget where the Packers were, but the, um, we were in River Falls. Jaguars were up there. The Vikings were in Mankato. Um, so, you know, the Saints were in Lacrosse. So we used to just go from town to town, and it was a nightmare. Because, you know, we used to joke that Marty Marty time was Lombardi time, you know, when you played for, for Coach Schottenheimer. And <laughs> that was one thing. So we got we had we got pretty good exposure to that division by being up there and going against we always spent time uh with the Bears, the Vikings, and the Packers and um and uh and the Saints. So, you know, we knew how tough the NFC was. And especially, you know, spending a lot of time, uh, we probably spent the most time with the Vikings because they were so close. They were in Mankato. And it was, you know, I just, you knew you were going to, they were going to bring the heat. And I, and I was a, a, a huge, you know, growing up in Philadelphia, you know, we, we didn't have a whole lot from an Eagles perspective. Uh, you know, we, we had, we had some pretty drought filled years as far as wins. So, you know, it was hard not to love that Bears team. Uh, from 85 just you know with coach dick uh you know who doesn't love walter payton you know jim mcmahon was a character that defense was incredible uh you know there was um you know there was just something about about watching those, those bears teams play and how special they were and and those teams in the 90s act were absolutely uh holdovers of that toughness that you know that 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 the ditka buddy ryan years uh definitely had instilled yeah, no, it was, uh, it, it's honestly, it's, we were just talking about this before. It's like, it's been the same cycle for the Bears for really the better part of 30 years. You know, it's like they've had a few playoff appearances. They had the Super Bowl in 06 that they lost. And then 2010, you know, it's, it's, they've had some moments, but for the most part, it has not been great. So, uh, I'll go ahead and fire away with my final question. I don't know if Zach has anything more for you because I just basically want to get a score prediction and X factor. Do you have anything else before we we pull up with that? Or you... uh, no, I, I think uh, score and, and X factor is good. We always like okay. to ask our guests um, to give yeah. us a prediction a little bit. And don't on the hold game. back. Don't hold yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Just ask you. You can be honest. Score prediction <laughs> for the game yeah. and then the X factor for basically the X factor for the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll 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 try to be as objective as I can. I, I try not to be a Chiefs homer and go go hog wild. And and you know, and I and I'm also very respectful of of the fans of teams and and what they're going through. You know, and 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 not you know try to make it a uh, you know uh, uh, just a you know a, a bar brawl. But like you know, look, the Bears are struggling right now. I mean, I think I think just a couple of stats that you know you, you look at. 
one thing that just really comes to mind, it's very simple for me to see as an offensive lineman, you know, the fact that the Bears have, have let up 10 sacks and, and only gotten one. That right there just says, all right, if if that's the way that it keeps progressing that way and, and we don't shore things up, I mean, Chris Jones is going to bring pressure from the tackle spot. He's going to bring it from the end spot. Um, Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, is going to dial up some blitz packages that that are going to get Justin, Justin Fields out of his game and and the hope is that you know they can you know keep the bears you know off the field and that you know which which ultimately makes Patrick Mahomes be on the field so you know i i don't think there's a it's not going to be uh i, I think it's going to be i think it's going to be a fight i think this game i think it's going to be a battle uh, up front i think the chiefs are going to look to run the ball um and they're going to take some of the pressure off of Patrick let those receivers get more confidence uh, as the Bears try to stop the run, see if Isaiah Pacheco can get the feet going. I mean, that guy runs like he hates the ground. I mean, he just runs hard. And and I think if he can get going in the run game, what will end up happening is it'll give those receivers a, a chance to get open and get some of the confidence back they need. They've had a rough – receiving court had a rough couple of weeks uh, in Kansas City. It's not, it hasn't been your typical air show uh, that we're used to. And, um, you know, and, and Travis Kelsey obviously needs to get healthy. So to me, I think that's the X factor for the chiefs. Uh, it's, it's being able to run the ball, um, to keep, uh, you know, keep Patrick on the field and, and defensively, you know, Steve Spagnuolo to dial up some things to get Justin out of his game and take advantage of, of some of the, the, the weak line play that's, that's been happening, um, in Chicago score wise, you know, I mean, I, th- I think the Chiefs are going to put up some points, but I think the Bears can can too. You know, th- this Bendo break offense, you know, has some holes. I, I think that the Chiefs' defense is a great linebacking core, very solid. Four, four, they're four deep, um, and they usually run, you know, like a four-two-five. Uh, a lot sometimes they'll run a straight four-three, but a lot of times, even in running situations, they'll have two linebackers out there. Uh, but they're four deep, man, and they they can go and um, they. Uh, I think they have they have the ability to uh, to, to 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 hold the to hold the Bears down, but they also you know they've shown some weaknesses too. So anyway, that's a long answer to a pretty short question, Aaron and Zach. I think the game's going to be like thirty-one to nine. Um, I you know I, I just think it's I just think the Chiefs are going to be a little too much on paper right now for the Bears. Um, you know, just just based on some of the things that we talked about now. You know, if the Chiefs don't get going, I still think they cover the spread. You know, but if a couple of balls bounce a few different ways, the Bears, you know, maybe get a maybe get some kind of a scoop and score or a defensive turnover, uh, pick six or something like that. Um, you know, I think you could see if if they can get a running game going and keep Patrick off the field, then then you're talking about you know like maybe like a you know, a 21 to, you know, seven game, something like that, you know, where, where it's, it's a little closer than, than one of those, like where the chiefs just go, go all, you know, air raid and, and just start bombing the ball around the field. Yeah. I think we both agree with you that uh, we're picking the chiefs to win and, and cover the spread <laughs> spread as well. It's just we both have the same score, right? It was 38, 17 is what we had. So yeah, something like, we're yeah. pretty similar in our thought process. It's probably going to be, you know, a three plus touchdown game and probably not a 
honestly, even with the 17 points, a lot of my points for the Bears come in kind of garbage time where they're just yeah. kind of, you know, pound the ball down the field and see what happens. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, listen, it's 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 tough. These first couple of weeks are really tough these days, and you know, hopefully the Bears, uh, you know, staff and and management can start to take a look at at what's there and and where the holes might be, and you know, start thinking about you know the rebuild, you know, of what this organization, you know, what they're really going to need. And you know, for me, of course, I'm going to be offensive line centric and and say that it's it's got to start up front. They've got to shore that part of it up. I mean, you can't. They can't go on that trajectory of, of of the number of sacks that they've given up, and you can't put your quarterback in that kind of a position. Um, it just it doesn't allow you to get any momentum going, and, and you can't even build on any, any of the positives that you do have. So that's something I think the Bears really need to focus on is they need to focus on that offensive line. It's probably their toughest toughest spot right now. Yeah, build building the trenches, building the trenches. Yeah. Um, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can everyone listen to you? Um, do you have Twitter or anything like that as well? Yeah, yeah. I'm on Twitter at, uh, at JoeValerio73, my old number. And uh, our podcast is Believe in Chiefs. It's B-L-E-A-V in Chiefs. I do it with a Chicago uh, resident, uh, Jeff Fedoten. He uh, is okay. a Kansas City native. He lives in Chicago. He writes for Forbes magazine, and and we do the podcast together. So, uh, you know, he he enjoyed – we enjoyed doing our podcast this week, and talking about uh talking about his you know how he lives in chicago and and uh how he's kind of you know become a chicago fan you know in, in different in different ways so he's uh you know he's uh, he's a lot of fun to do the pod with and you know we, we have a great time doing it and it's great to be with you guys uh and just to you know spread the word and anytime you know you need some somebody to talk to just give me a ring for sure. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate we, it. we may we may end up having to have you again, even if it's not Chiefs related. Just come on and talk offensive line because I think oh, yeah. a lot of Bears fans crave good offensive line analysis and, and thought process because it's been a long time since the Bears have had a good offensive line. Yeah, yeah, and boy, did they have some good ones. I remember, grow, you know, me growing up and being in high school in the '80s during that, you know, that '85 team. Boy, that was who Jimbo Covert. I mean, those yeah. guys were those were for those were for some real guys, and and uh, you know. Playing offensive line, you know, I mean, funny story. I'll just end on this if, if we got a minute. But yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I, I, you know, I played in the Ivy League, so you know, it, for me making the transition, you know, I, I was blocking Biff McNutty from Harvard, and then you know, I was going against Howie Long and Reggie White. Like, it was like a really tough transition. And offensive line was a tough, tough spot to make that transition. And I remember in 1992, I started uh, against the Raiders, and I got got to go against Howie Long the entire game. It was his last season in the league, and he had an all-pro season that year. And I remember in that game, we were down by a couple touchdowns, and we were throwing the ball on every play. And I was basically, you know, at one point, I think I drug him down by his belt. I, I tackled him at one point. I horse-collared him. Like, I, I, it was like – and they weren't even calling anything. So, finally, he got a little frustrated, and – so he he goes up to the official and he never complained. He was the ultimate ultimate pro, and he goes up to the official and he says, "Mr. Official," he says, "73 held me on that play and got away with it." And I walked up between the official and Howie Long and I said, "Excuse me, guys, with all due respect, I'm holding Howie on every play and getting away with it." So <laughs> I walked away. Everybody got a laugh out of it, and we just moved on. The refs wanted to go home for dinner. They didn't feel like calling any penalties. Howie laughed, and we ended it right there. So. Uh, playing offensive line is a lot of fun, and and uh, you know I could tell you some great Joe Montana stories, and and backing up and playing with some some great lines uh, in Kansas City during those uh, those uh, real foundational years for this Chiefs organization back in the nineties. 
Awesome. Thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. You got it, guys. Have a great uh, rest of the week. And, you know, good luck this week. You never know. Yeah. Bounce in funny ways. And, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. So keep the faith and uh, hopefully they build that O line and, and get back to uh, NFC dominance. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Okay. All right, we're back here on the Bear Report podcast, and we're going to wrap things up. Once again, that was our interview with Joe Valerio, former Kansas City Chief offensive tackle. Good stuff there. Um, what's some insight on the Chiefs? And Aaron, I guess we'll close it out by giving our preview and our prediction and X Factor uh, for this game here in week two. I went first last week. Uh, it'll be your turn to go first this week. Uh, what do you got for me? Oh, thank God I get to go first this week. <laughs> oh, man. Um, dude, I, this is – I don't even know, man. Uh, 38-17, Chiefs. I, I just I, – and frankly, 17 points seems kind of high considering, I mean, they just held Jacksonville to nine points. I mean, it's just it's just hard to see. You can read it, My what to watch for this week. It feels like unless Jesus himself comes out and, and, and plays quarterback for the Bears and, and they have the craziest lucky breaks ever, it just doesn't seem like a game that they're going to win, man. I mean, I and, and frankly, I'd probably feel that way even if the Bears just started off like 1-1 one and one or 2-0, and oh, you know, barely won both of these games. Like, this is just not a good matchup for them. This is not the type of game that you want to see, um, you know, this early in the season. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, as far as X factor go, I mean, there's just so, there's so many things that have to go right for the bears. I mean, I guess if you had to pick, I guess if I had to pick one thing, it's going to be obviously trying to get to Patrick Mahomes. And that's been kind of my, you know, the bears will win if type type of situation. I mean, last week too, Baker Mayfield had 200 and what was it? 220 yards passing against him in the first half. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I'm an Oklahoma fan. Okay. I love Baker Mayfield. But at the same time, it's Baker Mayfield, man. We're talking about the guy that has been cycled over and over. He's been on, what, three different teams in the last year, calendar year? And that's yep. the guy that throws <laughs> for 220 yards and you can't get him down to the ground? Like, it, if if he does that to you, what the hell do you think is going to happen against a real offense and the best quarterback in the league? I mean, it's just I, – I, like you said, I, I just it feels like – Every miracle in the world is going to have to happen for the Bears to even have a chance in this game. And I'm, honestly, I don't even know if that's going to be enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Um, I don't think it'll be close. I, I think it's going to be um, a, a pretty big blowout early. I think Kansas City will come out and, and probably, you know, put it on them early on. And, and it'll just be, it'll be one of those games where, you know, the Bears are probably trailing two to three scores the whole way, and we'll, we'll see on the broadcast, you know, they'll show shots of, of Justin Fields, they'll show shots of Matt Eberflus, and they'll just be dejected and figure out what the hell is going wrong. Um, I think it's going to be like Chiefs 38, Bears 17. Um, yeah, I really, I really don't think it's going to be close. Uh, my X factor, I, I think it's obvious for me, it has to be Justin Fields. Whether they win or lose, um, uh, he's got to play better. We got to see some improvement. Um, you know, the, the games are running out here. Like I said, you, you still have what 15 games left of the season. Time's running out. It's not 15 games in the season. It's 15 games in the Justin Fields era because the way they're trending, they're heading for a top four pick, top five pick, and if they get number one or two, they'll be definitely drafting a quarterback. So, yeah, I, we got to see something from Justin Fields. But I'm with you, man. I think it's going to be an ugly one. Um, yeah, unfortunately. And I think we'll be seeing the Bears sitting at 0-3 going into a week against the Denver Broncos at home. 
Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at and where can everyone read your work? Yep. Uh, you can follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL and you can read my work on the bearreport.com. And for the second straight week, I forgot to mention until the oh, very yes. end of the, yeah, the touchdowns for tails. This is actually not a rescue of the week. This is going to be a pet organization of the week. Uh, it's a, okay. a group called Live Like Rue. Um, and what Live Like Rue does is they are a charitable foundation that helps uh, pet parents through cancer diagnoses to their animals. So, it's one of those things where they provide both financial support, uh, moral support. Anybody who's had an animal um, that has, you know, had cancer knows how devastating of a diagnosis that can be. Um, and, you know, it, it, and, and for some people, it may sound kind of weird, but, you know, it definitely is a thing. So it's an awesome resource, uh, you know, to be able to have, to be able to get in contact with, even if they can't provide you some sort of grant. Um, there's there's different recommendations that they can give you for doctors uh all around the country, um, all sorts of different things. So they're a really cool uh, partner um, in the uh, Chicago area. And I thought, you know, again, it's not exactly a rescue, but I also think, you know, in the pet world, um, you know, especially the rescue world, and, you know, it, it's just, it's a really great resource to have, uh, you know, to have stuff like this. So, you know, if you're interested, go on and check uh, check them out. Um, LiveLikeRoo.org is their website. Um, that, again, we'll have the the donation link and all that fun stuff up again, it'll be the same things in terms of like the prop bets and all that stuff. Uh, we actually did really well last week. Um, uh, and, and week two, thank you, um, to, uh, uh, the Windy City Productions, uh, guy, man, he absolutely boosted this thing. He basically came out and said, you know, he'll donate a, I think it was $2 for every yard that Chase Claypool had. And I think it was like $10 for a touchdown. And, uh, he ended up having a lot of people matching him. Um, so we did absolutely awesome um, in, in week two. And hopefully we can have, even if the Bears don't win, hopefully we can have another successful week three. Yes, yes. It's a great cause, and I recommend everyone participate in it. Um, and, yeah, we'll have to do it next week at the beginning. I keep forgetting, man. I, I, uh. It's because we're so, we're, so, we're so into our rhythm of doing what we normally do. I, I'm the same way. Like, it, it yeah. didn't even dawn on me until after I did my prediction. So it's all good. We got yeah, it. Yeah. Better late than ever, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, and all major podcasting platforms. Till next time, everyone. Please stay safe. Please stay healthy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.